0: you're listening to the clear creek resources podcast from clear creek community church located in the bay area of houston welcome everybody to the clear creek resources podcast i'm rachel thanks so much for joining us today we're talking in our church community about how we are created for work and what this looks like as disciples of jesus on this episode, I got to talk with Bruce Wesley and Chris Austin about how we can discover the unique ways God has created and gifted each of us individually for His great eternal mission. Let's listen. Well, guys, thanks for joining us again on the podcast. It's always good to have both of you here. Thanks for coming. Thank yeah. you.
1: Good to, to be here. Thanks for having us.
0: Yeah. So uh, we're in this message series at our church about work. And it's not just about our jobs, it's about our work in God's mission too, how we're each created for good works as part of the mission of God. But for a lot of us, what that looks like for us individually, is sort of hard to figure out. What does that mean for me? I know I'm called to it, but I don't know how to do it. So we want to talk through that today. And that's really my first question is, how how do we know? How do we even start to think through how we know what to do for God's mission? Big question.
1: It is a big question. I don't think there's an easy answer to that question. So you know, it'd be great if you could say, you know, one, two, three. This is how you do it, and it works every time. Uh, I don't. I don't think that's how it works, though. But I I would say, never lose sight of the simplicity. I mean, just having said it's not simple, Mm -hmm. but never lose sight of the simplicity of first abiding in Christ and second abiding in His church. Abide in Christ, abide in His church. And everything else that's a part of the journey really needs to bring you back to this context. Abide in Christ and abide in His church. Um, and I think in in the safety of that, then we can take a lot of risks.
0: Chris? I mean, I think that's super helpful only because when I start to think about this, I start to go in one direction. And we're going to talk about a lot of different aspects with this, but you always do have to keep that in mind, no matter what you're doing. And it's not, it's simple in that way, but it, it is also a journey to figure mm-hmm. out exactly what it looks like for you. Yeah. But as long as you're staying right there, then you're going to be fine. For sure. Yeah.
2: And I would, yeah, I mean, the, the whole idea is like, are you going to be able to live out of the things that God has called you to do and be on mission with the things he's, he's putting you to do. And so hopefully we'll we'll get into talking a little bit about maybe some ways you can find that. There are, not that there is a one, two, three step, but there are some practical ways to figure it yes. out and begin to identify, you know, mm-hmm. how can I really be on God's mission and do it out of the way that God has made me.
0: So one of the questions that people usually start with, um, even if they're not talking about this, is, is what are my spiritual gifts? Mm-hmm. So even if I'm just looking to serve in the church, which is a huge part of what we're talking about, but not the only part of what we're talking about. Um, how, how do you know what your spiritual gifts are? You know, wh- 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 how, how do you figure that out? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I mean, the Bible, I mean, in First Corinthians, Paul says, you know, we don't want you to, I don't want you to be ignorant about your spiritual gifts. So there's something to the fact that it's like we ought to at least dig into that some because the Bible tells us don't be ignorant about it. And yet, how do we discover those gifts? That's a whole other process and time and some other ways we'll talk about how do we discover those gifts. And so we, we've been given gifts, obviously, Scripture tells us that. And so now how do we use those for the building up of the kingdom? Mm-hmm. And so that's that's the beginning part of spiritual gifts. And then the Bible lists in different places some gifts that maybe you could look at and go, I resonate with that. Or other people could look at you and go, I, I can see that in you. So.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, uh, Romans 12, we see um, motivational gifts and uh, I, I buy into that whole idea that Romans 12 are motivational gifts, that First uh, Corinthians 12 are uh, manifestation gifts. They're, they're ways that we manifest the presence and the life of the Spirit in the community of the church. And then uh, in Ephesians 4, we see equipping gifts. So these are gifts that are given typically to leaders of churches to help equip the people uh, in the church. So... You know, even having said that, I didn't discover my gifts by just knowing those passages. Mm-hmm. you know um, you know for me, my giftedness uh, emerged from my relationships with people, and frankly, someone always mm-hmm. told me my gifts before I embraced them mm-hmm. so it, there was this growing sense and, and I like to talk about it this way there's this growing sense of conviction in our lives about. Um, Self awareness in all different kinds of ways, but especially when it comes to spiritual gifts, um, because you know, how do you know that you have that gift? You seem to have it in that moment, but do you really have that gift? You know, is yeah. that what the Holy Spirit intends for you? And um, and yet, the uh, common voice in my life from the community around me has been, "You have leadership gifts. You have teaching gifts, and those are the primary gifts that I exercise."
0: Um, I, I want to talk a little bit more about that. But, but before we move on, you said motivation, manifestation, and equipping. Are those the three that you said? Yeah. Can you tell me what you mean by motivational gifts?
1: Yeah. So oftentimes I think when we talk about spiritual gifts, we, we can think about how a person would respond to a given uh, situation. So um, you know, the illustration I've heard is like someone falls and they hurt themselves in front of a group of people. How do people respond? And you can see different gifting, or, or let, let me use the word motivation, different motivations in the way that they respond. So um,
2: so um let me say, so like when my kids threw up when we were little and my wife just froze, that would be like a motivation to <laughs> not clean up. And then that, that made me kick into gear and have to go be the one that cleans up. Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> well... I,
1: <laughs> yeah, indirectly, yes. Okay. Yeah, in, only in the, indirectly, though. So, for instance, you know, if you have leadership gifts, you might tend to organize the room all of a sudden yep. as to how to help this person. Uh-huh. But if you have mercy gifts, one might move immediately to that person mm-hmm. and comfort them. Not try to heal them, but comfort them. Uh, if you have you know, encouragement gifts and that person feels embarrassed that they just fell and hurt themselves, then maybe you're really trying to care for their spirit to encourage them to not feel embarrassed and to know that everybody's with them. And so, yeah, I mean, we could do that with all the spiritual gifts, really. So these are motivations that uh, are different in different people because theoretically those gifts are different.
0: Can you tell me a little bit more about the ma- the manifestation? Sure.
1: Uh, so uh, the gifts of manifestation would, uh, you know, theoretically, we'd say this passage says that the um, the body of Christ exists with people who have gifts that are uh, visible gifts and people who have invisible gifts, but all of these gifts are essential to the body and they all serve the body. So whether or not you have upfront gifts or invisible gifts, you are manifesting the the life of the Spirit in the church. Okay. So, um, therefore, I might manifest gifts that are not my spiritual gift necessarily, but it's just a manifestation of the presence of the Spirit in that moment. So, th- that would be a distinction um, that some would make between Romans 12 and what's talking about in Romans 12, and then 1 Corinthians uh, 12.
0: I think that's really helpful because okay. I think. For most people, myself included, when you first start thinking through this in your journey, someone sends you a link and you, you know, look at a list and you just pick like, this is my spiritual gift. But to even understand that there are different types of gifts and different ways you're going to use those gifts within the church is just a helpful start because everyone knows they can, they can, if you know yourself at all, you know what your motivations are to some extent. Yeah. You know, what, you know what you move towards if mm-hmm. someone trips in a room.
1: Yeah, and, and to be clear, I, I'm not talking about natural uh, motivations or motivations that were original to me as a person, like God just made me that way. Um, we'd say spiritual gifts are actually generated by the presence of the Spirit when a person is born again and the Spirit of God comes to abide in them. The Spirit is at work then to involve us in the work of God in the world. With unique gifting.
0: Mm-hmm. And it sounds like you guys are saying that the best way to sort of think through what that is for you is through knowing yourself and then other people speaking into your life and community. Does that for sure. sound right?
2: Yeah, and I think it goes back to, I think Bruce mentioned at the very beginning, it's like we have this general call to be a disciple mm-hmm. who makes a disciple wherever we are. And yet there is some uniqueness to each of us as disciples. And the gifts manifest themselves in that way, that we're very unique in how we are going to use who God has made us to be. And so part of it is is to dig in a little bit closer to ourselves and say then, okay, if we are a disciple, but he's made us unique to to do something base, based on our wiring, and even in whatever context, maybe that works best. Mm-hmm. And so that's part of that process is we do have to look at ourselves a little more than just being a general disciple, specifically, how has God wired us? I was... Reading out of Ephesians chapter two, verse 10, it says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And so there's this, the sense of that we are unique and God has prepared something specifically for us based on the gifts that he's given to us. And so we ought to figure out what those are. So mm-hmm. Bruce mentioned some of that, like sometimes just the affirmation of the church, you know, you've, you've been a part of something and people in the church are, are watching you and they're seeing something in you and they affirm that in you and you're like going, okay, maybe that, maybe that's not just something I like to do. It's something I'm actually pretty good at and I see people's lives being impacted as a result of it and the body being built up. So maybe their affirmation is just one checkbox to say maybe that is a spiritual gift that I have.
1: Yeah, and I agree. And I, I think, well, for me, it's the, it's the most uh, influential of the checkboxes, if you will. Um, uh, because if you think about it, our gifts are intended to serve the body. And if we're exercising our gifts, probably the body's responding to that and letting us know if, or what that gift is. Um, I know some people may think they have all the gifts, you know, right. I just have a way of thinking I have all the gifts. Some of us think I have no gifts. And, uh, so when the body is telling me, yo, yes, you do. You have this gift, this gift, this gift, um, I think that's where we lean in and we say, okay, I'm going to take note of that, and I'm going to pay attention to uh, what I sense the Spirit leading me to do. Mm-hmm. Is it in keeping with that? And then, obviously, we've got some uh, alignment with Scripture uh, to do as well.
2: And it could go the other way. I mean, the the, the body might not affirm yeah. what you think you are good at. And so, I remember when I was a kid, I, I sang a, a solo in a church play and my brothers pulled me aside. I'm going to call them the body at that point. They said, don't ever embarrass our family like that again. <laughs> and so that was an affirmation that maybe I shouldn't be doing that to build up the body. I should probably figure out something else to, to build up the body. And so
0: That's hilarious. And I want, I, would, I wish there was a video of that. That's also real, though, for a lot of people. They, they really do think, you know, I'm called to something. And they try to do it, and they are not affirmed in that. And that can that can be hard. I mean, I just want to acknowledge that. You know, oh, yeah, if you yeah. think God's calling you to something and you don't have affirmation from the church, that, you know, takes a lot of humility and trust in, you know, yeah. your family in Christ to be able to walk through that.
2: And you have to check your own motivations, right? Because sometimes mm-hmm. we might want a title or a role, mm-hmm. and it's outside of our gifting. And yet there's some maybe motivation that's causing us to want to be in a, a ministry role that... Really doesn't fit how God's made us. And Mm so we have to check our hearts on that.
0: Yeah. Which goes back to what you were saying, too, just abiding in Christ the Mm -hmm. entire time. So you said this isn't, spiritual gifts are not our natural instincts or gifts. And so that, but that does play a part usually in how we, how it works out. Uh, how we use our gifts. So there's something called SHAPE. Chris, you want to talk about that a little bit? Because it's something that we use a lot in Clear Creek whenever we're talking about stewarding everything that we have. Sure.
2: Yeah, I mean, that came from a church out in California that put that together to help people be on mission with God. And so SHAPE really is an acronym. S stands for spiritual gifts. H stands for your heart. Like, what are your passions? A stands for what are some of just your abilities? P stands for your personality. And then E stands for some of your experiences in life and how do all of those shape you to really understand. So, we've only been talking about the S side of it, mm-hmm. the spiritual gift side of it, but there are other things that we ought to consider in how God has made us, how he's wired us, and how he shaped us ultimately um, for ministry. So, that's where that that term shape comes from.
0: Yeah, well, I, which I think is really helpful because oh, yeah. I think some people stop with the S sometimes. Mm-hmm. you know, Sometimes they skip over it, but sometimes they just stop yeah. there and think, okay, well, I have the gift of leading, and so... I'm just going to lead anywhere that I see in front of me. But shape can help you sort of figure out what that looks like in in other places specifically that you're called to.
2: Yeah. I think, you know, just even the H part of it, like, what are you passionate about? Mm -hmm. And again, it might need to be affirmed or not affirmed by the body. You could be passionate about, you know, singing and people go, you shouldn't sing or passionate about teaching and you might not be a teacher, you know, but it also, there should be some affirming voice in your own heart that when you use... Your gifts, the way God created you, like, man, you get really passionate about that. I mean, I just came back from a lunch where we were talking about something that I'm incredibly passionate about. And I was just, it was just a reminder. It's like, man, I want to have lunches like this and talk about these kind of things because this is what energizes me, you know? And so I think that's important to for your heart to be engaged as well.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, it's important to shape is, uh, I think you can really be engaged in the work of God in the world and not know your mm-hmm, spiritual sure. gifts. Yeah. Right, So there's no passage in the Bible that says, you must know your spiritual gifts. Yeah. Um, but there are plenty of passages that tell us that there are these gifts. And so even in 1 Corinthians 12, when he says, you know, I don't, want you to be, I don't want you, plural, you as a church, to be ignorant of spiritual gifts. And part of that is so that we don't assume of everyone else the very things that we assume of ourselves. Mm-hmm. In other words, you know, there are differing gifts and those different gifts help make up the body. So there's beauty in that. Uh, So we need to know about the gifts, but we don't even have to know our gift necessarily Mm -hmm. to serve. What Jesus said in John 15 is when we abide in Him, that's when we bear fruit. Mm -hmm. So, you know, interestingly, He didn't say, abide in me and know your gift and only do what is your gift, (laughs) and you're going to bear fruit. Mm -hmm. So gifts are a beautiful thing. It's a wonderful thing to know your gifts because it it helps align our activity. You know, we don't tend to... um, try to operate in a lot of areas where we're not gifted anyway, uh, but you don't have to know your gift to bear fruit.
2: And I think that's a fair warning against kind of the paralysis of analysis, if you will. It's like, mm-hmm. man, I don't fully know, so I'm just going to sit and wait until I know what my gifts are. It's like part of knowing your gifts or just start trying trying stuff, like just start doing ministry, be active in the church, yep. and then the church will start to see some things that they'll get to affirm as well as you'll feel some things that light your fire and you get passionate about it you're like, man actually enjoy that, you mm-hmm. know, and I, I think I like the passion side of it, the heart side of it, because I think for some, there's a martyr complex. Like if I'm serving God, I ought to feel miserable, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. like, man, I'm having way too much fun serving God. Maybe I'm not doing it right. You know, and yet uh-huh. I think it's really the opposite. I think when we are living into really how God has made us, um, there is joy in that. There's excitement in that. There's passion in that. There's, it does make you want to get up in the morning and get to be a part of that. Um and so i don't I don't buy into the martyr complex like going, I'm supposed to be miserable doing ministry. I think there's there's great joy in being used by God in the way God intended for you to be used.
0: Mm. I think this conversation is really helpful what both you guys just said together, because on the one hand, um, you can serve without knowing. Mm-hmm. and sometimes we we do serve just where we're needed because sometimes right, you know yep. they they need someone in children's ministry, not my gifting, right. not also not <laughs> part of anything. but Sometimes I just do it because my church needs me to, and I'm part of the body, and I and I love the body, and it's for yeah. God's mission. But also, whenever you do find your lane, how God yeah. created you and what He's gifted you in for His mission, it's just... You know, you know it, and it is really amazing.
2: And part of being a disciple, right? I mean, the Bible says show mercy. It's like, well, you can't just go, well, I don't have the gift of mercy, so I'm not supposed to show mercy. Mm -hmm. Or the Bible says, be generous. And you go, well, I don't really have the gift of generosity and giving, so I'm not going to be generous. So part of it is just we have to be a disciple and and show mercy and be generous. But some of those things come much more naturally to who we are, and we find greater levels of success in doing some of those things. And so we can't excuse ourselves just because it's not our spiritual gift either.
0: So you guys are both pastors, and sometimes people think, "Oh, they're pastors; they're all the same." I mean, if you're at a church, you know you're not, but you have the same gifting. But you, but you guys are really different. So tell me a little bit just about your own sort of journeys in this conversation, in in your specific mission within God's kingdom. What did it look like for you to figure it out, and and how did how did you figure it out?
1: Yeah. Well, we're different. He's older, so you go first. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, I am older. Well, I became a Christian at 10, uh, was not raised in the church, became involved in a church uh, when I was 14, and uh, in that time, I had opportunities to serve, and it was in my student ministry, and our church really involved students in the life of the church, and so uh, that was there that I was really affirmed as a leader uh, because I was given opportunities to lead. And the people around me, adults and peers, uh, said, you're, you're good at this. And um, when I had some opportunities to speak, people affirmed that. And they said, you're, you can do this. You should do this more. And so even as a teenager then, I began to sense that this would, these were giftings in my life. Coupled with that... In my own relationship with god uh, i just began to sense that this is something god gave me a love for the church even though i wasn't raised in church and I, i began to feel that god was calling me to uh to serve the church uh long term i mean like as a vocational calling i didn't know what all that meant at that time but uh i knew it was about church and I was pretty sure what my gifts were, even at a really young age, which I think is pretty unusual, frankly.
0: And has has anything changed during that time? Because...
1: Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, lots of things have changed, you know. I mean, um, but not dramatically. Uh-huh. I mean, I, I, it didn't emerge all of a sudden, oh, I have the gift of mercy. Yeah. Uh, I, I want God to give me the gift of humor, although that's not a <laughs> spiritual gift. It's a great gift. I just don't have it. Uh, but... That still leadership in teaching really my, my whole life. I I know people who um, did not have, for instance, the gift of teaching or prophecy, uh, which I would say is a form of proclamation. I, I would interpret that as a form of proclamation, um, and it emerged later in their life. So, I I do say sometimes yeah. to the Lord, you know, if if you give me this gift, you know, I pray sometimes for the gift of evangelism. Uh, I have a heart for evangelism. I have a heart to see people come to faith in Jesus, but i don 't feel this 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 movement of the spirit that 's this supernatural gift to do that. Uh, still feel responsible to do that so um, so yeah, that, those things yeah. haven 't changed dramatically uh, the The leadership gift definitely emerged as as the primary gift
0: What about you Chris? What do it look like for you
2: and we, and we 're really not that different when it comes to some of our primary that, gifting yeah. so very Very similar. I mean, early on, again, I was active in a local church, but I was much more active in other endeavors and experienced success in in leading and looking back and going, why was I given that opportunity or somebody older gave me opportunity that I didn't feel like I deserved or whatever. And so it was like, okay, people are starting to see something in me that I maybe didn't see in myself. And then as I got older and I look back like, wow, I guess I was leading here and I was leading here and I was leading here. And I didn't realize you called that a leadership gift. It was just... Those opportunities were given to me, and people seemed to respond when I was in those positions. So, in a lot of similar ways, I mean, just people affirmed it over time and tried to lean into the things that God had, had given to me to use.
0: Mm-hmm. So. so, you guys have um, both touched on this uh, a few times, but just for for people who are really just thinking through this for the first time, how, how do I figure out what I should be doing? You said, you know, the the primary, you know, talking about the primary boxes to check. Um what what would you tell people what is that look what does that look like? You just start by just diving in to serve? What do you think the first step is?
2: Yeah, I would definitely say, man, just start serving and then and, and see where it goes. Um there are those tools though. I mean you could take a shape profile where you can kind of start to dig in a little further to am I passionate about this and what are some of my personalities that cause me to want to serve in these type of ministry areas and what is my life experiences? shaped me for different contexts that I want to serve in. And so all of those are helpful tools. Just going through that list of spiritual gifts in the Bible and understanding some of the definitions behind some of those, you can start to identify yourself as well, like, oh, okay, I definitely lean more towards this service opportunity. Maybe it's the gift of helps or hospitality or Mm -hmm. something like that. And so I think that'd be where I would start.
1: Yeah, I agree that uh, the place to start is to, to serve in some way. It's really to be in community. So, I mean, mm-hmm. if you're going to serve, serve with people. Um, and that's that's really the easiest opportunity, too. You know, we, we try to create ways that people can join others and serve. And so, over time, once you become known, uh, I think people will begin to give you feedback. And definitely, if you ask for feedback, of course, I think... Uh, people will give you feedback once you get to know them um, and they know you somewhat. Yeah. Yeah. uh, The thing about shape or any other kind of assessment, you have to have a pretty keen sense of self-awareness for that to be effective, Mm -hmm. right? Because you're really being asked questions about yourself. And so if you aren't keenly self-aware, you might land um, with some, uh, you know, a, a shape profile that is not real accurate that's not something to be afraid of. Okay, it wasn't really accurate. And so as I begin to serve with other people, I become more self-aware as I get feedback and it becomes more accurate. And that's why I try to use the language of this emerging sense of conviction, mm-hmm. you know. It it doesn't just happen. It's not a, a, a you know, fail-proof kind of mm-hmm. test you take or something.
0: And it always happens in community. Yes. Mm-hmm. Always. What about um, the, the role of, of God in this? So you said abide, you know, if, if you're abiding in Christ and if you're praying mm-hmm. and asking God to, to reveal, you know, some passion in you, um, how, how do we think through how, how God plays a part in discovering what we're supposed to be doing? Is he just going to tell us like, this is it? Go be a pastor.
2: I mean, I think the prayer in the Psalm is good, right? I mean, search me, oh God, and know my heart. It's kind of like, again, it goes back to the motivations I talked about earlier, you know, if you're just going, I wanna I wanna jump into this role because there's prestige in this role, or it's a visible gift and I wanna be a part of some kind of a visible gift mix or whatever. Mm-hmm. Again, some of that is just asking God to to sharpen your own heart in that and go, Man, am I pursuing this for me or am I really pursuing this to be used by the way that you've created me to be used? And so I think that's how God plays a part in that, right? It's like mm-hmm. we have to, to ask God just to convict us of, of false motivations when it comes to how we're being used by him.
1: Yeah, I I think, uh, go back to where we started, you know, abide in Christ, abide in the church. And so when we abide in Christ, we ask God, we say, Lord, would you show me uh, how you uniquely wired me and show me how you want to use me in the church and in the world? And I I think that's a good prayer to pray uh, repeatedly, you know, uh, on an ongoing basis as you're in a season of discovery and then pay attention, you know, mm-hmm. L- you know, prayer is not just talking, it's listening. Mm-hmm. And so taking time to listen to what God's saying to you. And for some, they're like, well, what do you mean? What is God saying to me? God speaks most often through the scriptures. God speaks by spirit and that's mystical because it's, you know, God's saying something to you that it becomes this impression in our lives and we should test that. We should um, include others in helping us discern that. But at the same time, we know that God speaks. And so um, when we're asking him, I always I say to people, listen in prayer, but listen to everything and everyone around you, every opportunity that arises. Every, every time someone interacts with you, because God speaks through those things as well to help us discern uh, or, or really to, to answer our, our request.
0: Yeah, I think that um, that's really helpful. There was a time in my life when I really just said, I'm going to walk through you to where I think God is opening. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, when we say, like, you should be passionate about it, and this is, you know, what, what you think you're called to, it doesn't mean it's going to be easy. No. To step into. And so I think, you know, that's that's abiding in Christ and knowing what the mission is. You know, like yeah. you said, it's not for you. I think those two things, like being brave and also remembering, this is really this eternal mission. Yeah. Remember mm-hmm. what we're actually that's doing, right. you know.
1: For sure. And I love you, you said being brave because the gospel allows us to be brave. Mm-hmm. You know, the gospel says that Jesus did for us what we couldn't do, that Jesus has made a way for us to be completely accepted by God, loved by God. And so even our greatest mm-hmm. failure is not something we have to fear because there is no um, no big consequence for failure. We're We're forgiven of sin. Yep. We're restored to God. And even if we fail, that's just a moment to learn a lesson. So all that to say, be brave, be yep. brave, be brave. And not only that, but God puts us in this community of people that we all wanna help each other, love each other, grow together, find out how we can be used by God mm-hmm. together. So in all those ways, it's like, this is the safest place in the world mm-hmm. to take some risks. You yeah. Know?
0: yeah, I think um, we can't confuse um, a, a lack of gifting w- w- with with weakness. So y- we are all weak. So mm-hmm. we're gonna be in places where God still has to fill in the gap. Yeah. You know. Wow. So when we say like, you, you really do have to find your place, your passion, your gifting, that doesn't mean you're going to be perfect at it. It doesn't mean you're not going to have failure. God is, you still have to abide in Christ. Those are two different things. So I, yeah. I appreciate that. I think that's really helpful.
2: Mm-hmm. And it's just the reminder to value the interdependence of the whole body. That's why I love mm-hmm. that in the scriptures, he takes the human body and starts to, to break it all down. Because like, man, we value every part of the body. I mean, we all have bodies, right? It's like, you don't want anything not to be functioning properly. And yeah. so... That's the other beauty of gifts is like when you see other people using their strengths, we can really value them. And then when we're using our strengths and we feel value as well.
0: Mm-hmm. I think loving each other well on that is, is yeah. so important too. Mm. When you see someone else, even if you haven't figured out what, what you're doing yeah. yet, like tell them because they're also trying to figure it out right. and trying to find their place in God's church. And so, I mean, I was in a meeting with two women this morning and I was like, people have no idea all that you guys are doing. And it's Mm -hmm. a lot Mm -hmm. and it's, and it's important. I could never do it, you know? Right. So So find those people
2: with the gift of encouragement, the gifts of encouragement and surround yourself with them every now and then, (laughs) (laughs) turn them loose.
0: So you guys are both um, pastors and they are very upfront, you know, gifting and positions. And so what are some examples that you've seen or that you know of even right now of other places where people have figured this out, where you really think that they're sort of running how God's created them in our church or anywhere?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, just in generosity, I think that's a big one where, I mean, there's people that God has uniquely gifted them to to make money and to be very generous with that and to to use their their um, resources for kingdom purposes. And so those aren't necessarily people we put up on stage and go, man, this guy gives a whole lot of money, right? I mean, but mm-hmm. yet behind the scenes, um, they're very faithful to the gifts that God has given to them and the stewardship of those gifts. And so, I mean, I could give you names. I'm not going to give you names, but there's people out there that we know that, um, are just really faithful to God and His church and how they give generously. I think about people that, that show mercy, you know, um, like you said, in, in certain situations you know some people just gravitate towards just being very merciful and because that's not my gift you know i'm still working on that but when i'm i'm in a situation and i start trying to say some things and i see somebody come in and start saying something i'm like oh i just need to shut up right now cuz everything that they're saying and how they're handling the situation is so much better than anything i would have even thought to do in that situation and so i've been on on that end of just trying to be the pastor in that role and realizing I just need to step back because I'm not making this situation much better. But this person is showing incredible mercy. And I just try to sit back and watch and learn.
1: So, Yeah, I mean, it's, I've seen that so many times uh, as a pastor for now 40 years or whatever. And... Uh, it's a beautiful thing, you know. If you've ever been that guy that's trying to, you know, screw a screw in with a <laughs> with a butter knife, you know, yeah. and, and then someone walks in and they have a, the screwdriver and it's yeah. just a perfect fit and uh-huh. zip, you know, it's done. And uh, that's a, that's what it's like with people mm. who, you know, trying to really be present and be merciful in that moment. Uh, I remember uh, Mark Carden's mother had gift of mercy, and uh, she she walked into. A room and I'll never forget how it was almost as if the whole room just immediately turned to her Mm -hmm. and while she was not this um really outgoing person in that moment it was it was Mm -hmm. supernatural in that moment she was so present Mm -hmm. in in, I mean a big presence to love and to just be like a a healing salve on the wounded person in the room you know it's like that's amazing mm-hmm. and I think that's how all the spirit gifts should should work, yep. you know,
2: and I tend to be in awe of people that have gifts different than me because typically I'm like, man, I would hate to do that, so when it comes <laughs> yeah. to administration yeah. and organization with through spreadsheets and pivot tables and all these kind of things, I'm like I, I wouldn't even know where to start on some of that kind of stuff, but yet it takes people like that to do a lot of what we do around here mm-hmm. is to really organize things and to create systems and things like that that I would never even start to know how to begin to do. So, really grateful for them.
1: Yeah, I mean, the question that you're asking too, Rachel. It, it you acknowledge that we're our gifts are upfront gifts, and you know the First Corinthians talks about First Corinthians 12 talks about people who have visible gifts, and then those gifts that are less visible, and emphasizes how important the less visible gifts are. Like without our heart, without our spleen, mm-hmm. without you know mm-hmm. uh, all these organs in our body that without them we die. Right. Um, In the same way, there are these invisible gifts that are so critical. Well, because they're invisible, we described some of the ways that we see them, but oftentimes we we don't see those Mm -hmm. gifts, right? Because by their very nature, they're less visible. My wife has gifts of service, gifts of mercy, so she... She manifests the spirit in other ways, but where she's really spiritually gifted is she serves uh, quickly in any moment and doesn't even think about it. Mm -hmm. And she shows mercy in powerful ways. But um, when she's most merciful, no one else is seeing it, Mm -hmm. right? Because that's a very private... I say private, often private kind of caring for people.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it really is just, it's beautiful to me to even talk about because it's, you know, if, if you are looking at these verses, everything is um, f- founded in and connected by love. Mm-hmm. And it's not only what what we're all doing it from and what we're doing it for, but even whenever you see other people doing it. Um, it, you you love them better, mm-hmm. and it encourages yeah. you to to love better yourself. And so it's just really yeah. amazing thing that God did mm-hmm. by creating a body, by not giving you know one person all the gifts. It's really mm-hmm. just an incredible thing. Whenever you're really seeing it happen,
1: yeah. You know, in First Corinthians twelve, we've been talking about the gifts there, and then in First Corinthians fourteen, there's uh, all this instruction about ordering gifts. But First Corinthians thirteen, mm-hmm. well, that's all about love. And so it, it's really this emphasis about how it's the it's love that activates the gifts. And so, I mean, as you were saying that, I'm thinking to myself, yeah, when people are really operating their gifts, mm-hmm. we tend to say, that's what love looks mm-hmm. like, yeah you know, and it could be very different, you mm-hmm. know, it could be... A, encouragement or mercy or someone serving selflessly or someone is teaching and you can tell they're teaching out of love for people, mm-hmm. not because they know everything, you know, mm-hmm. but because they love the people that they're mm-hmm. talking to. It's uh, that's what love looks like. It's good.
0: It's good. It is. It's what love looks like. And I, I just want to, I think that's actually a good place to stop. But before we do, um, just remind us, what is the mission because you know we're talking about being um, working for God's mission mm-hmm. and having a place there, mm-hmm. um, but sometimes we forget what that is. It's not mm-hmm. having just a community. It's not just having a place. It's really, it's a mission. Mm-hmm. So just remind us before we end.
1: Yep. Yeah. Well, our mission as a church is stated to leave to lead unchurched people to become fully devoted followers of Jesus. But obviously, that's rooted in the biblical version of the mission uh, of God's people in the world. And our mission comes from God's mission, right? So God's mission uh, was to, is to, um, to redeem his people to himself. And so the way he did that was through sending his son, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Jesus, our savior, took our sin on the cross died for sin, was resurrected so that he can offer forgiveness and life and redemption and reconciliation to a people who rebelled against him. So all of that fits into the package of when the scripture says, go and make disciples Mm -hmm. of all nations so that this redemptive message and um, community is taken to the world. So our mission is really to be an extension of God's mission to redeem the world to Himself, and to do so as a community of people. Um, there there are more verses than that that we could look at, but...
0: Mm-hmm. But uh, that's it, and yeah. Yeah. We, He lets us play a part in it. Yeah.
1: It's amazing. And that's it's why
0: amazing. we said at the very beginning,
2: it's like we're to be disciples who make disciples wherever we are, so yep. that's the mission He's called us to.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm grateful for both of you. Thanks for being here, yeah, and thanks thank for playing your part in the mission and encouraging others to do so. Thank you, you, For
1: you as well. That's
0: right. Thank you guys so much for listening today. I hope this conversation was helpful. If you want to watch the video of this podcast or share it with a friend, you can find it at clearcreekresources.org, where you can also find articles, music, and a lot more. Again, I'm Rachel. Thanks so much for joining us today.